Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. And this week is our top five worst films. Mm. So this is a bit of a different situation for us, isn't it? We're oh, sitting in your kitchen. Yeah, I'm sorry, I thought you were <laughs> talking about rubbish films rather no. than good films. Okay. No, we're, we're, we are, in, yeah. we're in Triple B. Trip B, Bromley by Bow. Around Finn's... Uh, What's the, what's the nice word for this table? Rustic? <laughs> <laughs> um, second hand? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a work in progress. I'm yeah, sure we'll... That's the job. Strip it back and... Um, Paint some flowers on it. Yeah, and attach a beard to it some point. So <laughs> Instead of a proper pounds. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking top five worst. Um, talking of worst things, I've got the worst cold I've had for a very long time, so apologies sounds, for my voice. Sounds incredibly yeah. sexy, though. I think people always sound sexy when they've got a cold. Finn hasn't shown me his bedroom yet. Uh, not till later. <laughs> so you can go first. Okay. I'm I'm fairly sure we won't have any crossovers with this. No. And the Bobby Fields I love and you hate. More than likely. Yeah. But I but I what I've done is rather than picking like films that are clearly terrible, they're the films that I've watched where I've expected something good. Okay. And it's like the films that offend me most for existing. Right. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, I think I know one that might be on there. There was a massive <laughs> slew of them. Well, um, right. But so narrowing it down to, to five was, was pretty tricky. But anyway, I'll have yeah. a go. So number five, starting off with Bridget Jones' Diary. Really? I And you know me, I'm a fan of rom-coms. <laughs> if a, if, I, 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 as much as the next person, if a rom-com is good, I'm absolutely yep. on board with it. There was absolutely nothing redeeming about Bridget Jones's Diary. What about the sequel? I've not seen the sequel, uh, but I've seen the first one twice okay. to make sure that I wasn't <laughs> mistaken because everybody loves it. Mm. And I feel like there's something wrong with me that I don't get in it. I just, I don't like any of the characters. I don't, okay. I just, anyway, I just hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's got a mini in it. I love minis. Uh, I genuinely can't even remember that far back. Well, I just remember, in the, car. the thing is, on the surface of it, like yeah. Renny Zellweger, terrific actress. Yeah. She does yeah. a good job of portraying a frumpy British lady yeah. um, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth both great yeah. actors it's got yeah. it's even got um, Lynn from Alan Partridge yes. in there Felicity yeah. Montague yeah. just, there's nothing redeeming that I find in that movie unbelievable anyway number four kind of similar story is Master and Commander I haven't seen that don't is it not good I hated it okay <laughs> I remember I think it's just the cool thing about cinema is it's all to do with this the scenario of what happened when you saw a movie. Yes. So you might have seen a movie with no preconceptions at all. Yeah. And it might, you know, critically be yeah. a fairly rubbish movie, but just because you saw it at the right time, you really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think this was the complete opposite with Master and Commander because I was really excited with is it. Is it straight off the back of Gladiator? Mm, it's a few years after Gladiator, so it's maybe like 2003. So right. we're talking like four or five years after Gladiator. Okay. And it's... An amazing cast. It's like Russell Crowe, Paul Bettany. There's like it's, yeah. but it's based, it's phenomenally dull. And I just remember because it was it was it won a, a a couple of Oscars. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, oh, this looks incredible, blah 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 blah. And um, it it wasn't. It, it's a, it feels like it's about six hours long. Oh god. We went to see it for someone's birthday as well. Happy birthday. Yeah. Well, a couple of them really enjoyed it, but then uh, yeah, it was just dreadful. But anyway, Master and Commander. It's rubbish. The, I remember. The, the highlight of the film, apparently, the credits? was a bit in the middle where they're all a bit tipsy and there's a weevil, you know, the, the insect, a weevil, yeah. on, or there's two of them on a plate 
and Russell Crowe says to someone else, "What? Uh, which one would you pick to win the fight?" Yeah, and he says, "Well, I'll take the bigger one because it looks stronger." And he says, "My dear man, do you know that in all circumstances you always choose the lesser of two weevils?" And then the whole <laughs> cinema fell about laughing, and I was just like, "What? Like that's what?" Anyway, that that's my only lasting memory from it, apart from being exceptionally <laughs> bored. Um, number three. I think you probably saw this one coming. Prometheus. Yeah, I thought they might yeah. be on there. I really liked it. It's, it's horrendous. Uh, it's just, was it, it because it wasn't bad? Was it bad because it was disappointing rather than a bad film? It was so disappointing. Although... Like, if you've never known anything about aliens or anything like that and you just watched the film... I think there's still an awful lot in Prometheus that really annoys me. It's so illogical and non-scientific. Oh, there's a bit of movie news about Prometheus later on. Yeah. Yeah. But I just... I... I can't really remember too much about it, but I remember there's a bit where she's trying to run away from a donut-shaped spaceship. Oh, yeah. Just go to the side. Sidestepping to get out of the thing. And then there's, like, the whole thing where, like, the one of the creatures impregnates her and then she just eats uh, for about yeah, four yeah. minutes and then gives birth to something. And yeah. But I think people will know of my feelings on Prometheus. I've yeah, talked I think we've discussed it several times. times. <laughs> uh, number two, no, this is another one that I think you actually quite enjoy and I absolutely cannot stand and it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Uh, I was watched, got the girls to watch uh, Last Crusade yesterday. Oh, amazing they, like, they haven't seen the end scene yet. Oh, it's got Ray Winston in it. How can you not like Who's it? Who's awful in it? <laughs> he's genuinely like a pantomime character because he's always like, at the start of the film, he's like, hey, Indy, I'm a best mate. <laughs> and then halfway through, he's like, oh, Indy, I'm double crossing ya. And then again, later on, he's just like, oh, no, I'm really your best mate. I was double crossing them. Yeah. It's also got Shia LaBeouf, who now mm. I quite like, but back yeah. then that was his really annoying stage. Yeah. I can't stand him. Is it because it had aliens in it? Um, I don't think so. Although that did really annoy me. I just mm. think because the MacGuffin in the first three films is like something Earth-based or kind of quasi-religious it seems mystical mm. and stuff like that but then at the end of Indiana Jones the fourth one yeah it basically turns into E.T. too like it's just oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. ridiculous <laughs> the scene where they're swinging through the trees and there's like monkeys attacking them and then like there's termites and stuff that oh yeah that eat the guy them. yeah every single part of that just made me feel like physically <laughs> sick so I, I it just it, again it's one of those things where there was nothing of the fun that was in the original trilogy for me that was in that. Yeah. It starting with the opening shot of a CGI gopher. Yeah. Too much CGI. And like surviving the, the nuclear blast inside of a fridge and stuff like that. Just, there was nothing in it that I was just like, it's too, it's too not Indiana Jones. Yes. Harrison Ford's in it. I think we know that Finn doesn't like it. It's awful. <laughs> anyway. What can be worse than that? Je- there is one film that I was going through all the films that I've watched on Netflix and then my yep. DVD collection stuff and there's one that I'm just like oh no that is the worst film I've ever seen Die Hard 5 <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen Die Hard 5 actually no the number one place on the list for me is The Human Centipede 2 <laughs> okay I haven't seen one, one or I, I would pride myself on having a fairly high tolerance level for anything that's in a film whether it be uh, violence or scenes of a sexual nature or language or storyline, like mm-hmm. just difficult things. Um, there was something I felt quite good. And I, it, I, it's one of the few films I've ever had to put off because it was right. just too much. Jeez. There, I, it's, it's so depraved that 
even on uh i'm trying to push myself to see what i can <laughs> withstand here yeah when it gets to a particular point in the film i was just like my humanity whatever shred of it is left will not let me watch any more of this like duncan bannantan i'm out it was it, it it is awful i would implore you like not even out of a curiosity right because the things i'd seen the first one yeah and the first one while grim is kind of an interesting idea it's yep. like kind of yeah i mean like, like the first saw i'm not even like that like because the first saw i'd say is more of a, a thriller than it yeah. is a horror yeah. movie now, the first one, it's just a, a deeply unpleasant B-movie, but I mean, there's nothing worse than what you'd see in like old school Italian horror or something by Dario Argento or something like that, but, right. or any of the video nasties from like the 80s. But just the second one, honestly, it's just, it is, it is the worst thing I've ever seen on cinema. But it made me feel really good about myself that I still have some sort of limit <laughs> of morality when I'm watching things. So yeah, but that's my top five. That's a good... I think my uh, criteria is slightly different. Okay. I've gone for stuff that's either really badly made or just they've just shat on the legacy. Okay. Uh, so two of the top, my first top two, my four and five, both have the same actor in them. Okay. Number five, The Pink Panther. Okay. 2006. Ah, the Steve Martin remake. Yeah. Uh, just awful. Yeah. Just like, what? Just why? Do you think you're better than Peter Sellers? No, you're not. Can anyone do it better than Peter Sellers? No, they can't. I mean, Steve Martin's a legend. So yeah. I could see beforehand if anybody could have maybe tried to do it, he would have been a good shout. But it, uh, I, I, I only just remember seeing parts of that. I haven't mm. seen the whole film. It's just awful. And Leon, John Reno's in it as well. Is he? Mm. I'm like, why? You're Leon. <laughs> Take him out, please. So that brings me on to number four. Mm-hmm. Another film where they shat all over the legacy. Sergeant Bilko. I see, I haven't Starring seen Steve Martin. Yeah. Awful. But this is... That w- that was the film version of the TV show, is yeah. that right? Did yeah. they ever do a movie of the TV show? With the original cast? I, I don't know. Okay. Well, it was, it was originally called The Phil Silver Show. Right, okay. But it was him as Sergeant Bill Coe. I don't really remember much about it. I always remember it was on kind of lunchtime when I came home from school. Did Sergeant you ever used to Bill watch Cut? Yeah, I... I wasn't much of a fan of any of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, uh, so I didn't If you like, like Top Cat, Top Cat is basically a cartoon version of Sergeant Bill okay. They just ripped it off completely, okay. all the characters and everything else. It's exactly <laughs> the same. Uh, it's quite amazing. Um, but yeah, just it's got Dan Aykroyd in it as well. Mm. And I love Dan Aykroyd, but he was just... Awful. I think that's the mark of a film where you're like, this is genuinely terrible. If it's mm. all people that you actually quite enjoy watching. Yep. And the premise of it before they started, you're like, oh, this could work. And if yep. you watch it, you're like, this is even worse than I imagined. Just why? Because no one sets, no one, well, there's a bit of thing I'll come on to the end, but no one sets out to make a bad film. Uh-huh. They always start with good intention, then for whatever reason, things just go wrong and it just yeah. turns out to be awful. Uh, number three, The Battery. Never heard of that. Uh, the Battery. Basically, a battery is two guys that work in baseball, like a pitcher and the catcher or something. Okay. That's, so that's, I don't know why, it's called that because the two guys in it are those two guys. Right. But it's a zombie apocalypse film. We don't never see the zombies. Right. And they made it for like five thousand dollars or something oh, okay, like that. Okay. So I was like, the, the the premise. I was like, I want to see this. I want to see how they're going to do it with no zombies or anything. How they've executed it is just, it's just, it's the dullest film I've ever seen. <laughs> Edgar Wright's first film. There's a scene in it where there's a campfire at mm-hmm. night and it's all black. Yeah. Because they they couldn't afford to film anything and they needed to make the film longer. That's right. Yeah. So they yeah. wrote an extra scene. Yeah. They seem to have done the same thing in this film, but rather than doing something creative and interesting, there is literally a 
I mean, literally three minutes of the camera locked off, two of them standing by the car, cleaning their teeth. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This happens two or three times in the film. Really? And I'm just like... Is it meant to be symbolic of something that's No, nope, they're just cleaning their teeth, they get in the car and they drive off. Wow. I'm just like, what? Why? And then the... Oh. See, that sounds like a French art house movie, not like a, an independent American zombie film. No, it's just... And there's, there's one zombie in it, and that bit's fine, and they kill it. And then the end scene where they're in it, the premise sounds good. Like the car, the camera is locked off in the car and there's zombies all around it. But you can't see the zombies because they've got curtains all around the car. And then it's literally, literally five minutes in the car waiting for his mate to come back to get some keys that have been thrown. <laughs> and then he gets out at the end because he wants to try and find him. And then you don't find that. It's ju- just awful. It's like two hours of my life I will never get back. It's just, just why? Just why? Mm. Ugh. <laughs> I quite like how we're, how riled up we're both getting just mm. talking about these. It feels quite cathartic talking about it. Well, luckily I downloaded that illegally, so I don't feel too bad. <laughs> but this one I paid for. Number um, two on my list. Mm-hmm. The Thin Red Line. I've actually never seen that. Terrence Malick film. Yeah. Okay. It's the only film I've ever been in the cinema. And I've turned to my mates and gone, should we go? Because it was that bad. Really? It's just off. But then we're like, no, we've paid five pounds for this. We're going to stay away. It <laughs> yes. I think it was too good because we were students. But it's just boring, self-indulgent. Nothing really happens. All they all they're trying to do is go and trying to capture a hill or something. Uh-huh. But we just lost interest in like chatting and lots of stuff. It's yeah. just terrible. I think he seems to be one of those filmmakers that kind of divides opinion. Because I remember when I think his last big film that came out was The Tree of Life a couple of years ago. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But it's like three hours long, and that's some people that I know that went to see it absolutely loved it. Yeah, said it was all oh, beautiful, artistic, and yeah. But others went to see it, and they were just like, "This is so dull, so self-indulgent, so boring. Nothing happens." Um, so he seems to be that kind of filmmaker. He's yeah. uh, a Marmite director, I think. Terence Malick. Do you want to know what my f- worst film I've ever seen? I really do. I, I think I mentioned it before: The Terror Beneath Loch Ness. <laughs> Although I've, I'm fairly sure I've seen that always. That's like a bargain bin staple yeah. of like those pound shops yeah. and stuff like that. Is that yeah. where you got it from? Yeah. My, my wife Naomi used to work in Blockbuster Video when we lived in Farnborough back in about 2000. So every night she'd bring home a different film because she could just get as many films as she wants. So yeah. we, just, we just went through all the big ones and then eventually we got through to this. <laughs> the dross. Pile of turd. Uh, basically the premise is a load of students go to Loch Ness to, I think they're going on holiday or something. So there's some at the start of the film. There's some absolutely beautiful footage of Loch Ness. It looks yeah. amazing. Turns out that's clearly stock footage that they bought because when they when the students turn up at the Loch Ness, it's clearly Southern, Southern California. <laughs> like clearly <laughs> Southern California. There's no trees on the edge of the lake or wow. anything. There's a man doing a Scottish. It's worse than my ace Scottish accent. It's terrible. <laughs> it's just and they have this CG. Loch Ness Monster but it, you can see the rocks where it's swimming underwater but the rocks are made of triangles like you could literally see their triangles and they're like why this isn't even this isn't even why are you even? it's just one of those films where you just go this is just a complete waste of my time yeah. a complete waste of your time please don't watch it <laughs> Human Centipede aside yeah I pretty much left any horror film off my list because I think horror films Horror is one of those genres that it's traditionally a low budget type of. I wonder why genre. that is. Is it because they have to spend money on special effects? I think so. I, I just, it's a very cheap form of filmmaking. I think in terms of the act, 
people don't expect much from the acting. Ah. They only really want the kind of gore or yeah. a good story or whatever. So even if it's a rubbish execution, so like films that are perennially on these lists like Troll 2 and Leprechaun <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that, they're actually really hilarious in their own right. Yeah, because they're, they're so bad. Because they're so bad, they're, they're kind of good. So I, I left those ones off. One honourable mention I have to talk about is <laughs> films that are... Yeah, no one sets out to make a bad film, do they? But mm. this one, have you ever heard of the original uh, Fantastic Four film? No. That I think it was in 1995. 95? Yeah, basically, Sony had the rights to, or whoever it was, had the rights to Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. And the only re- way they could keep those rights is if, they, is if they made a film. Right. So what the bosses did was greenlit a film. Everyone on the film thought the film was going to be released and put in the cinema. So they spent loads of money. They did put all their heart and soul into all the acting, completely finished the film. And then suddenly went, no, we're not releasing it. Why not? Just so they could keep the rights to the characters. The, this actually has a knock-on effect, which I'll bring up again in the review section of films most recently Ooh. seen on a very similar storyline. Okay. Um, yeah, the actual film looks... It looks. Imagine, you know, this first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film with all the prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, you know, the look of the whole film. Imagine that, but with Fantastic Four. Okay. But the, the rock, is it the rock, the thing, the bolt, whatever the thing. It is? The thing. He looks pretty good in it. I don't know who's... who's there's some, I don't know if they're famous or not, but it looks... Imagine that. Imagine Fantastic Four done in the style of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That actually kind of intrigues me. Yeah, there is a trailer on YouTube. I will need to take that <laughs> <Yep>. out. <laughs> that sounds amazing. The ones I was close to putting on, but I didn't, it's a whole kind of like subgenre where I still believe they haven't made a good crossover. And it's the consistently appalling video game adaptations into, into movies. Super Mario Brothers. It was dreadful. Yep. Hitman, Street Fighter, Max Payne, Street Fighter, both the Lara Croft films. I, I just, I don't think I can remember seeing one that was good. Um, I'm kind of hoping that changes as you get a whole generation of people who grew up playing video. those games. Yeah, I'm trying to think video games. There's a new Hitman movie coming out as well, which I've, um, I don't know. Why it looks can't better they make than a original. decent video game movie? Mm, they can make decent so. comic book movies. Yeah. Imagine a Grand Theft Auto 5 movie yeah one of those would be amazing that would be good but then they were all influenced so much by like the kind of gangster films from the uh, 80s like the Scorsese yeah. films and stuff like that so that's weird it's kind of if anyone else could think of a decent computer game movie then give us give us a shout at I haven't seen that on oh, Twitter on the Twitter on the or Twitter. the Facebook page Facebook page yeah leave a message on the Facebook page which is the movie digest the movie digest Um, there's loads of films about computer games that are good like Wreck-It Ralph yeah which is awesome amazing um and other films that I can't think of right now. What? Tron. That's kind of like a Tron, yeah. yeah, the first one's good. Even something like Big, kind of, because that prominently features a computer game or being played in it. Big? Mm. No, not big. Yeah, at the start, where he's like competing against the wizard thing in his BBC computer. Well, that's not a computer game. Ah, it's not a BBC, it's just a, he's just putting things coins No, in. no, 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 that's his altar. Right at the very start of the movie, he's oh, okay. playing a game and it's like the... The wizard ah, or something like that. Yeah. Wizard. That's the end of that bit then. <laughs> Let's move on to the next bit. Uh, news or reviews? Whatever you fancy. News. 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 Okay. okay. So going back to Prometheus, mm-hmm. have you heard the news about uh, Ridley Scott wants to delay Alien 5 because he wants to make Prometheus 2? Yeah. Thoughts? Well, you know my thoughts already. <laughs> I think part of it might be absolute genius on Ridley mm. Scott's part because he wants to 
drag the Alien franchise through the mud so low yeah. with a second Prometheus movie that by the time Alien 5 comes out, we'll be like, this is the best Alien movie of all time. <laughs> right. That might be why he's doing it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... I've, I, I hated the first one so much. Mm. I don't really know what they'd be able to do to convince me that it's still an interesting part. Because the weird thing is, like, the universe is still great. I find oh, yeah, the Alien yeah. mythos really interesting. Way better than the Predator one. Is What's-His-Face still alive? The guy that plays Bishop? Lance Heinrichson. Yeah. Yeah, he's still alive, yeah. yeah. What do you think he'll be in Alien 5? It'd be cool if he was in it. Imagine if they had, um, what's-his-face, uh, Michael Fassbender in Alien 5. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. He could be in it. Maybe that's why. Maybe there's some sort of tie-in. What was his name? Is it David? He's the android. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just, I'm really excited to see what Neil Blomkamp does with picking up. Because he's basically saying, we're scrapping off three Alien 3 and yeah. Alien Resurrection and we're picking oh, up the yes, story yeah. after Aliens that would be cool which would be mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. and I think Sigourney Weaver is back on board and Michael Bain I think who's Michael Bain he's the squad leader of the oh, mercenaries yeah. okay he's yeah. also in Terminator as well as uh, Kyle Reese so was it Alien 3 that got rid of the kid from Alien 2 that just ignored her yeah Newt's not in so she could be in later ones. five. Potentially. I think that'd be interesting if they brought Newt back. No, they're going to call it five though, are they? Sure. Huh? Are they going to call it five? I, I don't know what it's no. called. I think it's just a working title, just not okay. Alien 5. So The following one from one Ridley Scott movie, which will probably be a turd to one that hopefully <laughs> won't be. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the trailer uh, for The Martian? I have. It looks awesome. It looks really good. With Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> the rest of the cast looks really good as well, though. It's got like Javette Legia 4, I think Jessica Chastain's in there, yeah. Kate Mara. Kristen Wiig, I think's in it yeah. as well. It looks quite interesting. And Jeff Daniels as well. It looks quite interesting. Yeah. But I'm I'm reading the book at the moment. So it's the oh, first time, okay. First time uh, in a long time I've read, read a book. book. <laughs> well, I've read a book, full stop. But I've read a book before the movie versions come out. I usually read them afterwards. Uh, so do I yeah. but I was actually given it by a friend and I didn't yeah. know they were bringing the movie out ah. so I'm about halfway through just now and the then book? It's, it's really interesting yeah. it's not the most spectacular writing style okay. but it's quite entertaining there was a man he was on Mars and he had to grow some food basically yeah, yeah. no he's just basically <laughs> talking like he's a an MTV presenter which right, is not okay. in, incredibly brilliant prose but it's an interesting story but staying uh, with space-themed news as mm-hmm. well, uh, I'm really excited for the next Luke Besson movie that's coming out called Ooh. Valerian. Okay. Which uh, has just added to the cast this week. So now there are three people that are on board. Dane DeHaan from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Haven't seen it. Cara Delevingne, who's in the new Suicide Squad movie. Haven't seen it. And also Clive Owen has just been added this week Clive as well. Clive Owen? Cool blonde, me governor Clive Owen. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really excited. So uh, Valerian is a French graphic novel from the 1960s. Nice. Which I think is more Luke Besson's territory in some of his better movies. Okay. Is the whole kind of like... Um, you can't beat Leon really like that. Like any. you can't but I mean like Nikita's great Fifth Element yeah. and I actually quite enjoyed Lucy that came out last year I haven't seen but that but he's had a few stinkers particularly he does a lot more producing than he does directing uh, okay and some of the ones he's produced have been dreadful yep but uh, not good I, enough to make the worst films though no no no, no, no. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm I'm quite excited to see what they do with that so I think that comes out next year or the year oh, after okay nice should be quite good um, and the only other bit of movie news that's happened in the last couple of weeks, which got me kind of excited, was that Bill Murray's been confirmed for the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah, 
I still haven't seen anything that's maybe going, this is going to be good. Just from <laughs> looking at the pictures, like, the uniforms look rubbish. Come on. Do you think so? And the proton packs look worse than the originals. What's going on there? Yeah. Hmm. Until I, I see a trailer, yeah. I'll have to reserve judgment. Even then, like I'll try it, because with Jurassic World, I yeah. wasn't thrown by the movie. Yeah. And it ended up being proved right, because I really yeah. did not like that movie at yeah. all. No, it's just going to be one of the... Because I thought the Lego movie was going to be rubbish when I first heard about it. Yeah. It was brilliant. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. So let's move on to reviews. Reviews? Mm. I've been watching loads of Bond films recently. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which ones? Uh, all of them. Basically... <laughs> Is it that time of year again on ITV too? No, no. <laughs> I was showing the girl, the girls... The proms are on at the moment at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh-huh. So they, they were watching the CBeebies proms. Mm-hmm. Which had all the CBBS music played by things. So I said, okay. "I said I'll show you the film score prom." So I popped that on, and they it got to the James Bond bit theme, and they really loved it. So they said, oh, "Can we listen to the James Bond one?" So I just kept playing the James Bond. <laughs> I think it's about fifteen minutes long. It's on YouTube. So I kept playing that. Then I started playing the theme tunes of the of the different movies, the different movies from my music collection. And I said, oh, "Why don't we watch some?" Intro. So we've been watching all the pre-title sequence intros okay. to all the films. Yeah, yeah. They've been loving them. It's been great. Um, they haven't come up with which is their favourite Bond yet. I'm having to explain that that's James Bond. Yes, he's got blonde hair. No, he's got brown hair now. No, he's Scottish now. No, he's Australian. No, he's still James Bond. It's fine. Yeah. I think the most they've watched is um, Casino Royale. They've got up into the bit where Eva Green, where they're in the casino. It's quite, I mean, the new, the Daniel Craig Bonds are quite... Full on compared yeah, we haven't to got the other ones. Yeah, okay. So I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, got to, they're in the um, the scene where she, Eva Green walks in, kisses him on the cheek and then walks off and then one of the girls went, oh, she looks like mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been watching that and I was, we watched the Ryan with One Red Shoe last night. I don't even know what that is. It's a Tom Hanks film. Okay. Where it's an, is it one of his older ones? Yeah, 1986. Wow, right. He looks so about right 12. Right in the early days, yeah. Uh, basically, the premise is there's some Senate hearing or something and two rival CIA guys are squaring off against each other. So one picks a random guy coming off a plane and pretends that he's an informant that's going to take the other guy down or something. But the only reason he picks him because he's wearing one red shoe. Yeah, right. Just for, just for whatever reason but it's, Naomi said it was a brilliant film it was alright is it a comedy it's a comedy right, yeah okay. even Tom Hanks said he didn't really like it okay <laughs> but uh, Carrie Fisher's in it in okay. a bikini <laughs> well it's 86 that's only a few years after Return yep. of the Jedi as well yep yep so that was uh, that was quite nice um, <laughs> I also saw Hector and the Search for Happiness I know that's a children's Simon, film but I don't it's know not, it's got Simon Pegg Oh, right. Oh, it's dreadful. I thought, because I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's, got, it's on Netflix. It's got four and a half stars. Let's have a watch. Mm. I was like, oh, this is all right. I'm sure Finn said this was a load of rubbish. And they got them further through and I was like, yeah, it's not that good really, is it? Yeah, no, that was good. No, I was getting mixed up. What's the, no, the Martin Scorsese film, uh, Hugo. Oh. Um, came out a few years ago. I thought that's the one you were talking is about. That, is that all CG? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be really good. And there's some really nice bits in it, but just like, just a few nice bits. And then the rest was just like, I don't care. I don't care about you. Is it not quite self-indulgent? Like, I mean, as a character, he's, he basically is bored of life, so he goes travelling. Yeah, that it doesn't it? have any real reason to be bored of life. There's yeah. no real reason why he's doing it. Uh, Rosamund Pike's in it, and she's not. she's got nothing to work with, so 
I mean, there's a really great shot where she's walking down the street chatting on the phone. It's a long lens as well, so the camera's a long way away, so none of the people around her know what's going on, and she's just screaming yeah. down the phone, and people's reactions is quite nice. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if you find it. To me, it felt like the male equivalent of Eat, Pray, Love. Ah. It's just like a kind of, um, just a, a very white, middle-class, self-indulgent, like midlife crisis existential type of film, and I was just like, ah, yeah. I don't really care. Loud of old rubbish, but yeah. something we've both seen that we both liked. I hope Mission Impossible Five, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, I would say I think it's the best blockbuster that came out this summer so it's far. Pretty good, pretty darn good. Isn't I, it? I I thoroughly enjoyed every single aspect yep. of it. Yeah, I thought. Well, first off, the stunt work in it is oh. incredible. When he's on the side of the plane. Because I'd read beforehand, oh, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts in this. And I was mm-hmm. just like, when I was watching that, I was like, nah, nah, <laughs> come on. But then I was just thinking, he, he did have a harness that's yeah, photoshopped yeah. out. Yeah. But he's still on still the side on. of the plane as Hell it's taken yeah. off. I think he did it eight times. Different angles and whatnot. Just incredible. But it, the, it doesn't stop there. I mean, it's such a good opening to yeah, the film. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much away about the rest of it. But the set pieces, I thought, were mm-hmm. superb. Yeah. The whole scene at the opera... Yeah, that was brilliant. It's just astonishing. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. The only thing that led down was the bike chase. That was a lot of CG in that. Um, I, I That's the only bit that I remember thinking, oh, that didn't look as real as the other stuff. Wow. But even still, there were quite a lot of bits with the car chases through Morocco that I thought were amazing. Oh, the car chase was awesome. Yeah. It, very, it felt like a Bond film. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. It really did. There were another couple of aspects that I really enjoyed about the movie as well. I thought the lead female role in it, Rebecca Ferguson, was fantastic. Yep. I, the same way that Emily Blunt was in Edge of Tomorrow, also opposite Tom Cruise yes. last year. Yeah. A genuinely kick-ass, yep. femme fatale kind of uh, action hero female character. Mm-hmm. And what I like is that she wasn't the kind of like one-dimensional character you get in a lot of these films where you genuinely didn't know if, what side she was on, yep. is, she, is she good or is she bad, is she blah, blah, blah. Um, and also as well, this is kind of a spoiler a little bit, but the fact that they didn't get together at the end, mm. I really like that because like I, I was just waiting for the inevitable. It's just like, oh, well, she's obviously fallen for Tom Cruise during yeah. this. And he was just, he was basically protecting her at certain points. Yeah. I'm glad that was, they don't need to do that in films anymore. They no. Naturally just, oh, he's got the girl. Especially when she's like half his age, literally. Yeah. The one thing that I kind of felt held it back a little bit, and I feel really bad for seeing this because he's such a hero of mine, was I thought Simon Pegg was a little bit over the top. Yeah. I think some of his scenes are hilarious. The one in the car chase sequence mm. through Morocco is particularly good. Yeah. But what, because when he first appears in Mission Impossible 3, his character's like this like super intelligent mm. computer hacker. Yeah. And because he's, you know, the charming British, befuddled, not very... Yeah. Um, confident with all the things that Ethan does it, there's a little bit of comedy relief there but I feel like they've gone far too far that way now and it was the same in Ghost Protocol as well but having said that like I, I, I even I still enjoyed it and yeah. it, just Jeremy Renner's character I felt was a little bit redundant but I loved seeing all his interactions with Alec Baldwin as well <laughs> I just thought it was nobody fantastic. can act as well as Alec Baldwin <laughs> Eric Bardry <laughs> but that was just I, I thoroughly enjoyed it was there yep. anything else on top of that that you're in Mission Impossible, yeah, I just I love the ending. That was great. You never find you don't know what's going to happen to him. Mm. Mm. They're setting it up for number six. Yeah, they're definitely setting it up for number six. I think it will make quite a lot of money at the box office as well. 
I'd like the two guys that are in Rev, the Prime Minister and the head of MI6. Oh, yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Because their roles are reversed in That's this right. compared to the sitcom they used to do, which mm. is quite nice. They, they were really good in it as well. It was all yeah. set in London, which is nice. Although it was funny having, like, living in London, you yeah. know, the bits <laughs> that they film at and how they've dressed them up. So there's a shot of Tom Cruise at one point in a red phone box. Yeah. Up a kind of, like, seedy-looking alleyway which I know to be just off Shaftesbury Avenue. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was saying to them, yeah, I took the kids to that McDonald's there. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I, you can't, it's out of shot because yeah. it's looking up the street yeah. rather than... Below it. Is this, is this like, to the windmill, is it? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, those red phone boxes aren't there for a starter. <laughs> Plus there's a massive big JK McDonald's in the corner <laughs> yeah. that you can't see. I just, I would have loved to have seen them through that. Mm. The end sequence were all set in London I thought made London look pretty cool like it looks kind of like Jack the Ripper style you know smoky cobbled streets and stuff it like that it looked a bit like cool. Holborn I think they must have filmed it over that sort of way it felt like it was somewhere central yeah. through the north side of the river yeah. somewhere yeah but I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. every single minute of it oh, very we'd, good we'd, we'd, we'd recommend highly oh yes what else have you seen I've been to see quite a few of the films that have been out recently two superhero movies oh kind of on different ends of the spectrum right the first one was ant-man okay which i really enjoyed ah okay it was i didn't really know much about the character i know it's a zero that much character. going in i know a little bit about about ant-man but i really enjoyed what they did with the story yeah so basically the guy who is the initial ant-man is michael douglas michael douglas's character yeah and they're kind of picking up the hank story pym, in, hank pym yeah they're picking up the story a number of years later. But the way that they did his backstory, yeah, Hank Pym's backstory, and how they brought in Paul Rudd's character and set that up, I just the whole thing was great. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed was that this wasn't what an awful lot of the other Marvel movies have been recently, which is massive cityscapes, everything getting blown to smithereens. It was all on the level of yeah. what was supposed to be happening, yeah. which actually makes for some really amazing comedic moments in it as well. <laughs> is it the one in the trailer where the trains just hit and fall off? It's amazing. It's so <laughs> funny. The one thing that kind of was a bit disappointing is just some of the sequences. You're thinking, oh, that's so Edgar right? That's is definitely it? been left in from his script. Ah. And he was doing it. And it just made me a bit sad that I we won't get to see what the full Edgar Wright Ant-Man would yeah. have looked like. But I really enjoyed it. The uh, supporting cast are all really good as well. Evangeline Lilly, I totally didn't even recognise her until halfway through. Oh, from Lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's an amazing, if albeit somewhat basic, stereotypical gang member type characters in it. Goon. Well, Paul Rudd's kind of three prison mates. One's a quick speaking Latino. Of course. One's a Russian guy. Classic. With very kind of talks like this. <laughs> and the other guy is, is a black guy. So it's like the three most stereotypical, you know, like American jailbird yep. characters. But that aside, like it was, it's, uh, it, it's, it's really good fun. And I think because I didn't have that high an expectation of it, uh, I really enjoyed it. Cool. But then following on from that, I also saw the now known to be very troubled Fantastic Four ah. reboot, which we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And apparently they made this film for the exact same reason as you said. The really? So basically it was about to lapse back to Marvel yeah. from Fox and Fox just greenlit a movie so that they didn't lose 
the franchise. Okay. Wow. So this is, it's Marvel in name only. It's not made by the Marvel studio. No. It's made by Fox. Yeah. And apparently it's just, if you, you should totally read around the stuff about it off, off screen because it's just, sounds like the most horrendous typical thing of like the studio interfering with the director's vision. Mm. The director, mm. I can't, I, his name's escaped me just now, but he directed a film called Chronicle that came out a few years ago. Okay. Which is really good, like really cool, smart indie sci-fi film. So I was quite, Josh Tank, I think that's his name. Uh, I was really excited to see what he did with this. Yeah. But you can tell that the last third of the movie has been spectacularly changed by the studio <laughs> because the uh, one of the main characters, Kate Mara, is quite blatantly wearing an, a horrendous wig for most of the third act. Okay. And for other pickup scenes earlier in the film, it's, just, it's really clunky. Some of the stuff looks amazing. Yeah. And some parts of the story I was really interested by. Yeah. They, did, they did a really good job. I thought they changed the backstory and it's a little bit hokey to start with. Mm. And the characters don't react in a way that you'd expect them to react. Okay. And there's a lot of jumping around the movie timeline in that, like, for no reason at all, they'll put in a black slate that says one year later. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) Okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. Which is obviously at the behest of the studio. Yeah. Having said that, it's not as bad as people are making out. It's fine. Was it better than the last Fantastic Four? It's better than Silver Surfer. I'd still say the best one that they made was the first Fantastic Four film. When 2000 or something, wherever it was. Uh, I think it's like 2004 or five. Yeah. It's about well, 10 years like ago. That. I thought the first one was quite yeah. good. Um, Captain America as Johnny Storm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the, you know, the Rise of the Silver Surfer I thought was terrible. Mm. So I'd still say that this one, in terms of the ideas that it tries to do, is probably better than the second one, Silver Surfer. Yeah. But it's still, it's not a good... I mean, you can tell that it's just a bit shonky and... Oh, dear. Have they folded it into the Marvel Universe or...? Not this one. I don't think they can in terms of um, Uh, the legal aspect of it. Amazing. It's all about money, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But I'm fairly sure that it will lapse back. But it means, I think, they run in cycles of, like, seven years, I think it is. So if... If there's, and I, I doubt there'll be any demand for a sequel to this, although they do set it up yeah. really tragically at the end. Brilliant. Um, I'm fairly sure this will lapse back to Marvel in, in seven years for phase 27 by that <laughs> of Marvel's Marvel's idea for global domination. Um, but I'll just rifle through a couple mm-hmm. of other ones I saw recently. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Man from Uncle. Oh, was that any good? I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. As a caper. It's quite good fun. Yeah, it's not the we best. We like Well, it's 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 a total Saturday night sit down with a curry and a yeah. couple of beers in the front room type of film. It's it's good fun. Yeah, not the best film ever made, but it's it's quite stylish, quite slick. Uh, I really enjoyed Army Hammer, who plays Ilya yeah. Kuryakin, and I thought he Have was. Have you seen great. The Lone Ranger? Uh yeah, fairly recently actually. I, I really enjoyed it. I like it. It's a great film. He's good in it. I was annoyed that they cut back to Johnny Depp as old Tonto yeah. so much. I yeah. didn't think that aspect of the story worked at all. But the actual bit in the desert, I thought it was yeah, great. It was great. Really, and he's quite a charming lead actor as yeah. well. I think Army yeah. Hammer's quite cool. So I'd like to see him in other stuff. So that's definitely worth a watch on like yeah. a Saturday night or something. I also saw, got my hands on a copy of the documentary called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? Which is a fan-made documentary about the never made Tim Burton Nicolas Cage Superman movie ah especially written by Kevin Smith well he wrote the first draft of the script yeah first draft 
But basically it takes you through from about 90, oh gosh, even further back than that, like pretty much after the first Batman yeah. is done. So about 1989, 1990, yeah. the guy who was the producer on that, John Peters, acquires the rights to the Superman franchise. Uh. Which was dead in the water at that point, I assume. After Quest for Peace, yeah, which is a terrible movie. Yeah. But and it follows the whole story there, and it talks to literally everyone involved. So there's really cool interviews with Tim Burton, John ah. Peters, Kevin Smith, a lot of the, the other people that did um, spec scripts after that. Yeah, they were production designers. The only person they don't interview on the film is Nick Cage, but he still talks about it in archive footage. Right. So it's just as a as a fan of Superman, like yeah. book, it was really interesting for me. And the thing was as well at the start of it, you're like, I, I'm not surprised they didn't make this, and it wasn't <laughs> a good fit. But the more you see the production design and yeah. what they were going to do, I'm like, why has this never been made? This would have been amazing. Yeah. So I I would totally recommend. I think you can only download it from their website ah because it's not like a DVD release or whatever. Okay. But it's thoroughly entertaining. Mm. So if you're a fan of Batman at all, or Nick Cage, or Tim Burton movies, or just how movies get made and how they don't get made. I'm more of a treasure protector. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, definitely worth worth a shot. One other film I saw was uh, Blade Runner. For the first time? F- all the way through, yeah. No way. I saw it at, I was at the Edinburgh Fringe, and it was outside in the okay. college. There's a square college thing. Okay. It's a bit weird. Which version did you see? Is it a director's cut? I've no idea. Okay, because there's a couple of different versions. I think the one that they've shown in cinemas and mm. stuff like that was the director's cut, I which came out about 10 years ago, I think it was. There's a bit, I was like, I didn't really like this. Really? Mm. <sighs> bit disappointed. I was like, oh. It's a little bit dated now as well, though. Yeah, it's a little it's bit very dated. <laughs> but I still love, I love the aesthetic of it. Mm. I love the kind of like, 80s futuristic neon sign it's quite difficult to listen to because it's very echoey okay. the whole soundtrack was an echo okay. which worked at some points and then it was just you couldn't really hear it'd be lost yeah. in the bits yeah but I don't remember it being that weird I, I love it it is an odd film mm. but it's great it's one of my favourite soundtracks to listen to when I'm trying to get to sleep at night because <laughs> it's quite like ethereal and yeah it's great Vangelis soundtrack great movie though the last film that I'll mention this isn't a new film by any stretch of the imagination and I don't really want to give too much away about it but <laughs> I was lucky enough recently to go to Secret Cinema ah, yes. The Empire Strikes Back yes this is this is where it gets interesting it was incredible yeah <laughs> oh my goodness so uh, Secret Take Cinema start from the start Secret Cinema is something that if you don't know about it it's been running uh, in London once a year for about quite a long six time, years now yeah. maybe even longer what was the first one I can't remember They've done quite a few of them, but basically you don't know, you know what the film is. That's yeah. all. And you have to answer questions yeah. once you buy a ticket to figure out what character you need to come dressed ah, as. Okay. And there'll usually be five or six different options depending on the answers that you give. Yeah. So you, and it's all themed around the movie. And when you arrive, you're told to go to only like one tube stop or a certain location. And then people will tell you where to go from there. So we... Went to this. Now, the person that I went to see it with had never seen Star Wars before. Amazing. So earlier on that day, we watched episode four. Okay. So that they'd know the story to that. And then we went to see this. Okay. And you really enjoyed both of them, which is cool. But so it it is one of those things that like, even if you don't really know them, definitely watch the first one. If you've never seen Star Wars at all. Yeah. Definitely see episode four and you hope before you go and see this. Yeah. 
But as an experience and as a Star Wars fan, I was completely in my element. <laughs> I don't really want to give too much away in case there's anyone listening who might be going to yeah. it. I think it's only happening in London and the tickets are kind of pricey. They're like about £70 yeah. pounds each. I thought it was 120 No, was, I think ours were 70 Oh, right, okay. But it just there, there's nothing that I can really compare it to it was incredible so I had to go dressed as a galactic explorer okay I was given a name my, my name was Severance Talar which <laughs> sounds cool yeah and you have to take certain commodities with you depending on who your character is my friend was an X-wing pilot okay we both had to take different things with us and when you go in there's <laughs> loads of different stages to it so you'll be taking from planet earth onto like spaceships and you'll travel around and stuff like that I, I don't want to give away that yeah. much of the experience but a couple of particular highlights was there's the cantina that you can actually go into <laughs> they're not playing that music sadly it was like kind uh, of like dance music i wish they'd had an alien band playing that mm. consistently but you can the the bar yeah. looks exactly like the one in the cool. cantina this big horseshoe bar yeah. and it's all actors behind the bar yeah. as well as bartenders so like they'll be uh, saying things to the customers and stuff and things will happen around about you you're basically walking through to get to the canteen you need to go through the market in Tatooine okay yep to do it and there's things happening all around you so there's like there might be a Wookiee getting arrested at the far end who's <laughs> obviously Chewbacca you might see uh, R2-D2 seeing R2-D2 in real life was, I <laughs> was he taller than you? a bit too high that was, I genuinely almost had a tear in my eye at that. That was amazing just seeing <laughs> it. But just, it's such an immersive experience. Yeah. And then to get to watch the film, the film's all set in a kind of like wide hangar, okay. which is dressed up as part of the set. And as certain key scenes of the movie happen, they're reenacted by actors alongside uh, in yeah. the control room or up in the, and it was just incredible. So... And it, it, it's, it's always been my favourite of the Star Wars films, but just to be part of that experience was something I don't think I'll ever forget. It was incredible. So if if you are listening to this and Secret Cinema still running in London, definitely check it out. And if you've never done it before, definitely look out for it next year when it comes around again. It'll hopefully be something just as good. Nice. Well, that's it for the Movie Digest. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I've been JQ. I've been Finn. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.